welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. And here he is, finally, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Mr. Jerry Springer. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I uh, I apologize for, well, people that are watching us live will know that we're starting uh, 40 late. minutes late. Um, I, well, the, the, and you've probably had the same problem. Uh, the fuel cap on your plane. Uh, yeah. it, I said my Cavalier had the same issue. It was yeah, really a problem. Yeah. <laughs> it snapped off. Yeah. And uh, but we didn't know about it until you know I finished taping the show. Well, until you got a call from the state trooper in Tennessee that someone got hit in the head with a cap uh. somewhere in the atmosphere. There is a flying fuel cap, and it's your fault. But I didn't know about it because we landed last uh, Sunday night yeah. in uh, Stanford to do the show, so we didn't know anything. It wasn't until they were ready to take off today that hmm. they noticed it was, or when they fueled up, that it was missing. And so it's too dangerous to take it. So this was, and you're going to feel sorry for me. I had a fly, what do you call it? Uh, an, a, a, an airline? Commercial airport. Commercial? <laughs> airport terminal. Where they, where they had other people on the plane? Yeah. He My didn't know the pilot word. personally. Where <laughs> did privacy go? <laughs> My heart breaks for so, you each week a little more. I went to a place they call LaGuardia. Yikes, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That I do feel bad for oh, you. My Although God. I will say there was somebody in our audience here tonight that traveled a little bit longer than you. We actually have somebody who listens to us in Australia wow, who is here with us where? this evening, Stuart from well, hey, Newcastle. Stuart from Australia. Australia. So he wow. had a lot longer, and he drove here from Mason tonight, which is another hour or so, hour and a half with traffic. Wow. So yeah. Thanks. But listens That's to us in Australia. Cool. Well, where, where in Australia? It's, it's, Newcastle. He says Newcastle. Yeah. He's not on mic, but New, Newcastle. Yeah. Newcastle, yeah. Australia. Yeah. Yeah. So That's very cool. Yeah. Well, welcome. It's nice to have you <laughs> yeah. with us. He speaks English, so you're you're good. Yeah. <laughs> they speak yeah. English down there. You're uh, solid. Do, do, are there do, any do, houses like... for sale down there? <laughs> <laughs> for those of us who <laughs> need to get out, need to get out. <laughs> I got. I have. I brought. In fact, this record, uh, and we have. I think referenced this before, but I actually think this is very cool. It, so, tell me the date. I'm holding up this record. A piece of antiquity. Uh, on the label Mahogany Hall, which was a coffee shop, basically, that you sang in. Yeah, it was a uh, up in Mount Adams, which was... A real the, kind of Greenwich Village neighborhood of Cincinnati. Right, and when I was here, it was the summer of 1960... Exactly 50 years ago. It was the summer of 67... I was... Okay, 1967. Yeah, that's when... Uh, and I came here to clerk with the law firm that had recruited me and would eventually, you know, give me a job when I graduated from law school. But this was between my second and third year of law school. So I came to town. I was a student, and I didn't know anyone in Cincinnati. I'd never been here before. And I figured a great way to, you know, meet young women was to grab a guitar and go to one of the bars. Get and to a say, bar. <laughs> yeah, it, could I play here? And there was this woman here, and this woman, Linda Paffman, and um, she play, She could really sing and could, and could play the guitar. I mean, she was the talent. And so I got to sing there Sunday nights and Tuesday nights. 
And in and was the place was called Mahogany Hall. So we just said yeah. we made a record. Mahogany. One Hall side record. is a forty-five. So those of that you tells you how far young, you know, younger than I don't know, maybe yeah. two thousand and one or something, or maybe <laughs> nineteen forty. A small, <laughs> a small record that has a big hole, yeah. and it had two sides. That was it. So it's not an LP long playing. Can you not imagine seventy-eight? It, not a thirty-three and a third. But it a went around forty-five times in a minute. Sounds like it. So one side is wow. uh, Bloodshot Eyes. That by was, Linda so we, you were and right. Jerry. It is Bloodshot Eyes, and it was yeah. interesting that it does say Linda and Jerry. So she got top billing. Well, because she could sing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and who the, the hell was side, Jerry? Yeah. This caught my interest, Darlin' Corey. And for those of you who, this is like early folk music. Darlin' Corey is an Appalachian song about a still up a holler. And it's wake up, wake up, Darlin' Corey. Uh, they're going to tear the still house down. That's the song. So I, uh, as the executive producer, and I get paid a lot of money, so I thought, <laughs> i got to go to work now. So I'm huh. trying to find... We're going to talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> By the way. <laughs> so... <laughs> Megan, I do the best for both of us that I can. I know you, you do. Know? God love like, you. I tell him numbers that, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? No, anyway. So uh, I'm... Uh, I got the, the, the bat signal out for Linda Poffman. Pass and it's, it's, yeah. it's actually, well, let me tell you real fast. I'm tracking her. <laughs> she think I'm we apologize, Linda. Yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> We're Linda. We're so sorry. You're no. listening. <laughs> Jesus. So I called a Linda, and she pronounced it Poffman. I called a, a number, uh, you know, out of the computer white pages in Cincinnati. And a woman called me back, and she said, my name is Linda Poffman, P-F-A-F-F-M-A-N, which is your memory of the spelling of Linda's last name. If I, yeah, and if she correct. said, uh, great message you left, because I left a message, what I'm looking for and why. And she said, it's not me. Thank you very much. Well, who's going <laughs> to... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that was a great story, Gene. Tell it again. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Okay, so next up. No, no, that's not it. So then I, I get online again, and I find... A Linda Poffman, class of 1965, Coleraine High School, a huh? high school in Cincinnati, yeah. suburbs of Cincinnati. And she pronounced it Paffman. I'm sure of that. She's very Poffman. I don't oh, remember you how you spell it, but it was Paffman. Okay, so she spelled that. And, yeah. she, and the woman that I talked Coleraine to was high not school. related right. to this mm-hmm. one. Actually, I knew that the Coleraine, I said, did you go to Coleraine hey, High School? Hey, uh, by the way, when we say, you know, high school, yeah. I'm not a Roy Moore. No, she he was, was <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Singing at Jerry was only high 18. Jerry was yeah. 18. Well, 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 no, because if she graduated high school in 65, then in 67, she was 18 or 19. 19. Yeah. And I just sang with her, and I was 24. That's so. all he did is sing That's with her. I mean, come on, I just people. sang with her. Back off. Hands are we can sing. I just sang with her. Certainly there's a statute and of I, limitation on singing. And I did ask her mother if she could <laughs> yeah. sing with me. <laughs> okay, so I call Colerain High School. Now imagine the story the secretaries are telling over there. Because I call them and I told them the same deal. I, I do this podcast with Jerry Springer and Megan Hill. So I always want to bring you in. Thanks. Too. Give, you don't need to do that, cover. really. And truly. No, I you know. Leave me right out of that. <laughs> so they give me the name of the alumni director. I call him. He calls me back. And he said, yeah, there was, 1965, this Linda Pathman. And the date all sounds right. And uh, 
but we have no contact information. So I have not yet found her, but I am. We're going to put we it on the website. She could. She oh, was she's an attractive young lady. She could. Well, even if she wasn't, she she could be married. Well, we think she probably and have a is different, and have a different name, name, which yeah. is why I'm having trouble tracking her down. But <laughs> hey, look, let's bring this in for You're a landing. regular. The reason I want to find her. I want to bring Linda in oh, here. Oh, she would sing here. Yeah. And I want Linda and Jerry and Casey. Where are you, Casey? We need Casey to back up and, and Maria Corelli and some of the people, the folkies that are hanging around here, to back you guys up. And I want to have you do Darling Corey, and we're going to make another record. Of I it. would honestly we're have making to learn a record. it all over. Because if you held a gun to my head and said, sing Darling Corey, I don't even have a clue how it goes. Sure, we will. It was 50 years ago. We will I teach you. I don't know why I could sing it like yeah. right now and me a guitar and you can't, but we're going to teach you how to do it. Hmm. Actually, now, Linda, she has a tie to my life now that I think about it. What's that? The reason I met her is she turned out to be the best friend at the time of the woman that became my girlfriend that summer. Really? And she was the one who then broke up with me and got her husband to fix me up with Mickey on the blind date. Whoa. <laughs> and the rest is history. So there you have Boy, it. Boy, I know That's you've all been waiting cool. to hear that. <laughs> yeah. The but storytelling I, tonight is no, really that, true. I was it's, thinking, it's how something. did I really meet her? And, yeah. But that was it. I was that's dating funny. Shelby, that's, and that's that was her friend. That would be cool to get well, her Well, here's on. the third leg of the stool of this whole thing about duos. So we are going to find, we will find Linda, and Linda will come in here. I have this faith, and we're going to redo Darling Corey. And then I realized we had a duo uh, about four weeks ago here. David, do you have it still in front of you? What's the name of the duo that we have from Canada? Yeah, it's Mark Mandeville and Rayanne Richards. There you go. So those two came in. They're out traveling, performing. They performed on our podcast. Then last week, we had another duo, and we hadn't had any duos that I can recall in the time we've been doing this. And I said to the couple from Canada, and I actually said it last week too, you guys make me think of a duo I remember from the folk scare of the 1960s, Ian and Sylvia, mm -hmm. a Canadian duo. Yeah, you've talked about yeah. them. And yeah. the Canadian people said, oh, oh you know, yeah, I'm honored you huge. would say that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We know exactly who they are. They're iconic in Canada, blah, blah, blah. So though I wasn't able to find Linda Pathman, I found Sylvia Tyson okay. of Ian and Sylvia. Yeah. And I'm in oh. communication with her. Ooh. I'm having my people talk to her people. Actually, okay. it's me. I am my people. Yeah. But... <laughs> You have no people. I have no people. Have no people. There is no a reason people. for that, that you have no I mean, people. my wife isn't even my people. Yeah. I got no people. <laughs> anyway, uh, next week, we are going to have on um, Sylvia Tyson. That's really cool. I should try to, to get there on time next week. Yeah, I think you should be here. Check the gas cap, Jared. Yeah. Check the gas cap. <laughs> and to do a quick intro to her, Sylvia Tyson, by the way, wrote the song and this goes back a ways, but there was a great song called You Are On My Mind. You Were On My Mind? Is that mind? what the... Uh, we Five covered it. We, we five. five did that. They did that. You, you Are On My Mind. Yeah. 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 And so she wrote that, and hmm. uh, Ian, her husband for about 11 years, 10 or 11 years, and her singing partner for a little bit longer than that, he wrote Four Strong Winds, which is like mm. an from the oh, folk yeah. era. It's and, a great classic. And Neil Young covered it. I mean, uh, Gordon Lightfoot, a no, lot they, of they people. No, they were major league. They, big, yeah, and big he wrote the song Someday Soon, 
yeah. which is written from a woman's point of view, and it was sung by people like Amy Lou Harris and uh, Judy Collins yeah. and others, Joan Baez, etc. These are some heavy hitters from the folk beginnings, and so we're going to have a chance to talk to her. She's part of a women's quartet now, and she's a novelist. She's a very interesting person, hmm. so we're going to have a phone chat with her at any rate. And we have a meeting in New York uh, in December. I hope you still have it on your schedule. I know you do. Yeah. December 6th, we're going up to New York to meet with uh, Paul Stuckey of Peter, Paul, right, and Mary. Right. Oh, really? Having That's to do cool. with a joint project we may work on. So we're finding some of these old folksters and getting them to know about our show. And it's fun to talk to them mm-hmm. and uh, you know, talk about. Mm. They are the underpinning of the more modern mm-hmm. time. Uh, one last thing, and I'm going to ask you about the Roy Moore controversy and our musical guest tonight, Megan. Yeah, this evening we have Michelle Hemmer and Brian, I hope I say this right, was was Nikki? Is that right? Oh, he, he just wrote it. It's just me. It's just Michelle. Okay, I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> well, Brian's here too. Welcome, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Again, well, she's have, not she's not on mic, but she's saying, no, I'm singing, but he yeah, just wrote yeah. the song. Yes, yeah, so we oh, have okay. Michelle we Hemmer with us here later on this afternoon. Uh, super. We have the writer and the performer, mm-hmm. and we're looking forward to that. Yeah. Let, um, in talking about Linda and Jerry, it makes me think that I also, and I've mentioned this before, was part of a folk group, uh, actually a couple of them, and one was while I was in college at Xavier University. And we had a group that was four people. He had three guys from Xavier University and a woman from Mount St. Joseph College, mm-hmm. kind of a companion school in that area to Xavier University, all right. women's school at the time, all men's school. Xavier was all guys at the time. We formed this folk group. We worked up a set. We were pretty excited. We got, I think, pretty decent, decent enough that we got a gig at Mount St. Joseph in front of all the students, well, the people who came to this. Do you remember mixers, Jerry? Megan, you mm-hmm. probably You heard of that? Yeah, we have mixers. Like a dance. Yeah. Get guys and girls from different schools to know each other. We performed, and at the end of the set, I'm going to have to admit something. We were all pretty wasted because we were all freaked out because <laughs> we were scared doing this. First time in front of an audience. We were doing a lot of drinking. We, we had pretty some flasks back in the day. We weren't like pounding beers. We do that in college, too, but we were drinking some whiskey. And one of the guys who played a stand-up bass, I do not know why he did this, but he picked up a Morocco, is that what it's called? Morocco. Morocco. Yeah. Shaker thing. Yeah. Has a little handle on yeah, it. Yeah, Morocco. Yeah. Morocco. And right toward the end of Greenback Dollar, that was our closer, you know, kind of <laughs> upbeat, Greenback Dollar, Kingston Trio made it famous. He threw the maraca into the audience and hit a Mount St. Joe co-ed right in the center of her forehead. Hard, Megan. Megan, it had the sound of a concussion. Boom. And then the beads fall And all I can tell you is that was our one and only performance. That was... That's shocking. All I can tell you is the three others of us said... We got to get the freak out of here, like, right now. now. <laughs> as, oh, yeah. as we were driving east from Mount St. Joe College, there was a police girl with a siren on going, <laughs> yes. Ruh-roh. And I just remember saying, why'd you do that? <laughs> <laughs> do you know of any other group where they throw an instrument into the audience, attack no, the audience? No, <laughs> but come to think of it, Linda Papman had a wealth. <laughs> 
and I never knew what that was. Well, she met Jean that one so, time. Yeah, got yeah, a rocket in the forehead. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, Jerry, we need to find, uh, we had a web meeting today. We have a meeting every Tuesday with the crew of the Springer podcast, people from around the country. It's over the phone. And he's on, he doubts that there is any crew. <laughs> oh, it's like 50 people. You're on the call, David, aren't you? Oh, yeah. David's yeah. on the call. And so he'll verify this. Uh, I am trying to find all of, hell, I'll take one, of the people that when you were mayor of Cincinnati, you married oh. them. Right. You presided, yeah, presided over the over ceremony. The wedding, yep. Right. Oh. Because, because I want to talk to them, Megan. I want to see where out, these went. To find what out how they took. Right. How many of these weddings took? What yeah. the hell did that do to your life down Jerry the line? Springer <laughs> Jerry Springer signed your wedding. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, when you hold up the marriage license. A few years ago, at some, I'm not even here in Cincinnati. I was someplace that, you know, maybe doing the prices right or something. And some guy came up to me after the show, and he says, you married my parents. Oh, my no God. You, yeah. Can we find that guy? I, I, honestly, I don't even remember. And I said, what? And he said, yeah, you performed the ceremony in the mayor's office when my mom and dad got married. Just and I said, how are they talking. doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Did it take? <laughs> yeah, we He's had a man of many that. talents, Mr. We're, 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 we're seeking Linda Pathman and a married person. Or hell, they're probably all divorced. I'm not saying they're still married. Well, how would you ever but, admit that Jerry Springer married you? Yeah. Oh, that looks awful. You don't even want to tell your children. No. <laughs> That's got to be null and void by yeah. something. Hey, something. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we, if we can find one or any of those people, they, they're going to become web stars. Yeah. On, at jerryspringer.com. <laughs> right. Yeah. The whole story is going to be told. <laughs> Interview. Yeah. Wedding wow. pictures. Did they all take pictures when they got married? Yeah. yeah. Were there pictures taken? Well, they had photographers. The one I really remember, I mean, more than any other, it was when I, it was my first one, actually. I had just become mayor. And in Cincinnati, you get sworn in on December 1st. Okay. It was exactly 40 years ago this month. Wow. Oh, coming up, December 1st. And when I, my first day in office, the bus drivers, the transit workers had gone on strike. Okay. <laughs> but Way to uh, kick uh, it off strong. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, maybe two or three days before. But in other words, sure. it was a crisis. And yeah. in Cincinnati at that time, you know, our economy was based on the earnings tax that we got from businesses downtown. So if the transit, if you didn't have the buses running, the entire city economy came to a screeching halt, and this was Christmas season. So it really was a serious Mm -hmm. strike that had to be settled. So that's my, so I had the union guys, the transit workers, as well as SORTA, which is the agency that runs it, in the mayor's office, and we were there all day, all night, we just, for days. Yeah, uh, settling this thing, which we ultimately did. But the secretary or the assistant, we call him today, uh, came in and said, you've got a couple outside that's going to get married. And he had all these laboring guys smoking cigars, <laughs> you know, just a place. Just a romantic a setting. <laughs> hey, you know, they slept there all night. The place stunk. <laughs> and they said, what are you doing? He said, I said, I got to, we'll just take a break. 10 minutes, I got to marry these people. And in comes this lovely bride wearing a wedding gown. If wow. you're getting married by the mayor, why are you wearing a, yeah. with a veil and 
don't you judge her. It was her wedding. That's right. And the whole family comes in. And we do this ceremony, and, and you know they're looking around. The place stinks, and then they throw rice all, <laughs> over, all over the, the papers, the carpet. When we finally cleared them out, the union guys come in. What the hell is this? <laughs> the wedding, knock it off. But that is, That's yeah. Great. God, See, find if you could find if you could hey, actually what? find them. Yeah. That, that couple. Megan, yeah. once you work on this, if you call City Hall. We're getting awful beat <laughs> yeah, here. Right. <laughs> Tales, Tunes, and Tom Ford. No, there's right? got to be a, you know, the way to do this is to contact Cincinnati City Hall and find out on that date. You've got yeah. the date, don't you? You yeah. said the date. December 1st. Well, it, it, it could have been the 2nd, the 3rd, because it, the negotiations I had to be able to get all days. the people that were married by you. There should be some oh, record of that at the clerk yeah. of court or the uh, clerk yeah. of council or something. Huh. Yeah, Megan. It was you, tough to get a minister, yeah. <laughs> clearly, <laughs> to confirm what I was doing. But uh, you know, anyway. I blessed them. Yeah, your name important. on a marriage certificate. How about that? Mm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, speaking of all this insanity, yeah. Jerry, how about that, Judge Roy Moore? How man. about Roy Moore running for the U.S. Senate in the state of Alabama, embroiled in a huge controversy? What's your take on? Well, it? the easy. There is no dispute. Obviously, the guy's a pig. What, what you know? What's he doing? No, you you can't justify it. So it's it's not, you know, nothing I'm going to say about that is going to get people to say, oh wow, that's interesting. That's you know, that's the easy part. But I think, and maybe it's part of the crisis that we have in America in a, in, a, in a larger sense. I really think that fundamental Christianity took a hit. Not the doctrine. I'm not here saying anything negative about anybody's religion. But when I say that fundamental Christianity took a hit this week, it's the people that go out in the world to try and convert and have people come to their fundamentalism. The people who profess to say, this is God's word. This is what we believe. This is the center of my life. That's what took a hit. Because re- whether you have religion or not, or whatever your religion is, it is hard to fathom that anyone, let's say with Christian beliefs, can think that it's okay what Roy Moore did. And yet he's got supporters in Alabama. A lot. Some people think, now by the time most people hear this uh, podcast, he may already be out. They may, you know, he may have dropped out of the race or whatever. But the fact is, a lot, if there is an election, he could win in Alabama. An overwhelmingly right-wing Christian state. And so I just want, and look, by the way, I'm Jewish, but in my family... I have a, a, a wing of the family that's fundamentalist, wonderful, loving people. So I'm not attacking the religion. I'm attacking, in a sense, the people that profess this and still turn around and start making excuses for Roy Moore. Now, Republicans, if you're not from the Christian right and you're just a member of the Republican Party, I don't condone what they have done, but I understand why the Republican Party has been slow to condemn Roy Moore and get rid of him. And 
you know, the most basic reason is that Republicans only have a two-vote uh, majority in the Senate, so they can't afford to lose that seat. So they're, the people that aren't religious are thinking that. We've got to somehow hold on to that seat. This is a crisis. And so they come up with excuses. And the first excuse, of course, is, uh, what, what, what are you talking about? Democrats do the same. Uh, Harvey Weinstein, Bill Clinton, and all that. Well, number one, Harvey Weinstein. Nobody is suggesting that Harvey Weinstein should be in the United States Senate or be in any elective office. No one on the left is supporting what he did. Bill Clinton is a tougher issue, and I got to admit it, it's a tougher issue. And, but it's not hypocrisy because the people on the left at the time all this was going on weren't the ones running around the country preaching sexual morality. They're not the one that says we shouldn't have birth control. We shouldn't be teaching kids about sex. We shouldn't be, you know, in other words, the hypocrisy comes from those who preach the sanctity of, let's say, what is written in the Bible and then do just the opposite behind closed doors. And so that makes it a little bit different too. But secondly, it has no relevance in this case because the women that are speaking out Number one, they're Republican, by the way. They've all stated that they're a Republican. But two, there's no reason not to believe them. Their story, they, they gain nothing from this. I mean, they don't get one penny out of this. They don't gain any political advantage of this. This is a horrific thing for a woman suddenly to have to go public, and these aren't public people, and have the New York Times there and the whole world looking at them, you know, well, certainly as a male, there's no way I can pretend to speak for what they, they what women must be feeling, those women must be feeling with this. So they become believable. Now, the next thing the Republicans said, well, if true, that was the word, if this is true, oh, come on, uh, you know, well, you're innocent until proven guilty. Well, in a court of law, that's true, but this isn't a court of law. He's not being charged with a crime. Now, the main reason he's not being charged with a crime is because the statute of limitations has run. The event apparently was 1977. In Alabama in 1985, they passed a law which says from now on there is no statute of limitations on sexual crimes. But that passed in 85, so it doesn't apply to what happened in 1977. So legally, Roy Moore is, is fine. So you don't have to worry about, you know, we can't condemn him as being guilty without a trial. There is no trial. This is just public opinion. And this is just people making judgments on who are you going to believe. So that is no argument at all at this point. We can decide in the arena of public opinion who we want our leaders to be. And then the most amazing defense of Roy Moore is the biblical defense. When that, I think he was the auditor of the state of Alabama, the Republican auditor that said, well, what about Mary and Joseph? Well, and they had Jesus. And Mary was a minor. <laughs> I'm not making it up. That's, what, that's his defense. So I'm thinking... Now, I'm saying this as a Jewish person. Isn't the whole point of the virgin birth that they didn't have sex? There you go. 
So how does the example of Mary and Joseph condone molesting a 14-year-old? What has that... I mean, really. So when you have all these ridiculous rationales for what happened... I'm reminded, and I think it was Ted Cruz, and I apologize if it wasn't him, but it was one of the right-wing or very conservative uh, Republican candidates for president who said, and I'm paraphrasing the quote, but he said at the time, last year or two years ago, he says, I believe in God, my country, and my party in that order. And the Republican crowd, he was at a convention or something, went crazy. God, my country, and the Republican Party in that order. And the saddest thing, other than the, what had happened to these young girls, the other saddest thing about all this is they don't believe that at all. It's not God, my country, the Republican Party, it is the Republican Party first. Because I don't think you can't take that position and say you take your religion seriously. I'm not saying you need to be religious. That's your business, free country. Or choose another religion. It's all. But don't tell me you're a fundamentalist Christian that has a strong moral code when it comes to sexual behavior when you want your beliefs put into law regarding gay marriage, uh, sex education, you know, all kinds of promiscuity, whatever, all these issues, abortion, that those are the important things to you. And then you go ahead and condone the behavior of a Roy Moore and let him be in the U.S. Senate. Because then all you're telling me is that you don't really believe it yourself. And so therefore... Why am I going to really pay attention? And then when you say countries is the next thing that is most important to you, I think one of the problems we have in America right now is that we're not taking patriotism seriously. A lot of people aren't. They consider patriotism just not taking a knee, pledging allegiance, singing God Bless America during seventh inning stretch, all of that stuff. But when it comes to the Bill of Rights and what America stands for, how dare they protest, you know? Don't tell me you love America and then you don't want people to be able to protest. Then you don't understand what you're loving. You know, so that's my concern right now with this thing. It just brought it to light is that too much. We are so partisan in this country right now and I don't, I wonder whether people have value systems anymore. I mean, some do, obviously. But many, if not most people, we just pay lip service. There's no core. Gene and I were talking in the car ride when he picked me up at the airport, uh, the commercial airport. Uh, Gene and I were, were, were talking about this, about we could honestly say, and I'm, I'm a, a partisan. I love the Democrats. But it is God's truth that if the Democratic Party, and there were times, by the way, with the Southern Democrats, if the Democratic Party, for example, if we had a candidate 
that came out against integration or came out against gay marriage or came out for some kind of discrimination, not for one second would I think that Democratic candidate should get my vote or my support. And say, Gene, not for a second. It's not even close. There are just some things in your basic core that you don't compromise on. A political party is a tool, a political tool to be used to get through a value system that, that you have to do good things. And if the tool isn't working, screw it, you get another tool. The Republican Party right now, we look the other way, you know, we make excuses for when they look the other way with Trump. And now they do it again with Roy Moore. I know some are coming around. But boy, what is the label of this Republican Party? They are not the Republican Party of values anymore. You cannot say that. I'm not saying you individually, if you're a Republican, don't have values. But if you're supporting that party, that party doesn't stand for family values. It doesn't stand for what American patriotism means. It just pays lip service. And that is the crisis in America. What real, where is our character? Where do we say, you know, this isn't even arguable. Roy Moore, are you kidding me? Of course he shouldn't be in office. Why can't we all just say that from the moment we hear about it? Thank you, Jerry. Mm. All right. Well, we do have just Michelle Hemmer. <laughs> no one else coming up to the mic with her this evening. And uh, Michelle has not been with us yet. So let's... I have not. Yeah. Oh. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Hello. And yeah. Wow. Um, well, I am... A, I, I, I know they said I'm from California. I moved here from Los Angeles, but I'm Ohio born. I was born and raised um, in Ohio my whole life. And then I was in California for like 15 years. Um, and so we're just back and I've never lived in Cincinnati. So okay. this is a first for me. Oh, yeah. But, um, you had a band on your show in October called the newbies. Yeah. And they are the reason I am here because we are in a band together called the duo jets yes. no kidding. and they're my best friends from college. And, and you know, we've been talking about it for years and years and years. And finally I was like, yeah, we're just going to do this. I'm just going to move and we're going to make this happen. So is that Ohio, Ohio university, Ohio university yeah. oh, yes. Yes. in Athens, yes. Yes. Oh, in Athens. Yeah. Very, it's very cool. Yeah. I met them there and, and the rest is, is history. So yeah, I'm here now, which is, and I love Cincinnati. It's such a cool town and well, we're happy really to have you. Thank you. Yes. Very happy cool. to be here. Well, your first song this evening Ludlow, is... Ludlow, I can't stand. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... Who? Oh. Oh. Who? Just turn on me. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I Whoa. mean, if only it could be a little bit more... <laughs> I guess no one's driving here. Everyone must be walking here. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No wonder there's parking. I know, right? <laughs> By the way, your loyalty just went... Well. They, yeah. Nothing for I mean, you, Springer. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> All right, Michelle. So first yeah. song is As Good As It Gets. Yes. All right, um, let's hear it. This is a song about um, day jobs and the sadness of day jobs. <laughs> Don't know if it's night or day These gray walls, it's all the same Could be sunshine, it could be rain I don't know I don't have a life to stuff stuff And 
No matter how much, it's never enough This glass of mine just won't fill up I don't know Is there a place where time is on your side? You can let it all go and enjoy the ride Where your troubles, they're running high Is this all there? in my head. I try to pay attention but the sound goes dead. Guess I live this life instead. This I know. Is there a place the time is on your side? You can let it all go and enjoy the ride. We your troubles they're running high. Is this all of your album Beautiful Seconds? It's actually not. It's an in-progress album. Ballerina. The next song is off of Beautiful Seconds. Excellent. But yes, Ballerina is in progress right now. And so. where can we hear more of your music? What is your website? I'm all over. I'm on iTunes, uh, Spotify, Pandora, Michelle Hemmer. Um, I also have a couple other albums when I was finding myself. Um, uh, Michelle Lynn and uh, Dakota, you can find. There, there's like four or five albums. So how's Michelle your, Hemmer's the how has your sound changed since you were finding yourself? Well, um, you know, it's for me. I'm a harmony singer. I love singing harmony. So when I sing by myself, I'm like, oh, where's the harmony? You know. Yeah. But um, so I do this, and then when we play with the duo Jets, we do a lot of harmonies and vocal harmonies. So I would say I got more more folky, um, less poppy, but yeah. Beautiful yeah. Seconds oh. has a bit more pop to it. So yeah. Very cool. Is it Joni Mitchell? Yeah. To your well, that's a huge compliment. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's Great. fantastic. Thank Wonderful. you. Thank All right, you so and our much. second song this evening, and that was written by you and Cindy Law, is that yes, correct? Yes, Cindy All Law right. is a singer-songwriter. You should check her out, too. She's amazing. She's like a combination of Karen Carpenter meets um, Olivia Newton-John. It's really? the sweetest. It's like if an angel were singing, it would be Cindy Law. Very cool. Wow. Yeah, she's great. All right, our next song is called 635. Yes, and this one's depressing. 
All right. <laughs> so everyone enjoy. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. 6.35 in the morning.
Beautiful. He said very much. He said Joni Mitchell, and I heard Jewel. Like I heard a little Jewel. Like it's just that. I will take all of those. That's that's awesome. I love it. Powerful voice, man. That's fantastic. Well, we. Yeah, check her out, Michelle Hemmer. Uh, check her out Facebook, Spotify, iTunes. And uh, if you don't mind, Mr. Springer's going to jump in here with you on uh, Down by the Riverside. So you have Joni Mitchell. Jewel. <laughs> Jerry Springer. No, it is. Yes, it works. It's, it works, yeah. yeah. They're all J's. <laughs> They're all J's. There we go. There's, there's the, there's the true line. Joni, Jewel, and Jerry. <laughs> and there's a trio for you. <laughs> all right, Down by the Riverside. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. I'm gonna lay down my heavy load Down by the riverside Down by the riverside Down by the riverside I'm gonna lay down my heavy load Down by the riverside I'm gonna study war no more I ain't gonna study war no more Ain't gonna study war no more Ain't gonna study Oh no more. I ain't gonna study war no more. I ain't gonna study war no more. Gonna lay down my sword and shield down by the riverside. Down by the riverside. Down by the riverside. I gonna lay down my sword and shield. Down by the riverside, down by the riverside. I ain't gonna study no more. I ain't gonna study no more. You've been listening to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song, and to you for listening. Check out our website, jerryspringer.com. Y'all come back now, you hear?